0: that's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. PDW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. With your savings, there is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten dollars to $60,000. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit ColonialPen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit ColonialPen.com.
1: Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Willie Lawson, and this is Morning Report. Morning Report 134, I think. Yeah, 134. Uh, That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, It is June 9th, June 9th, 2020, in the year of our Lord, and it just, the hits just keep coming. Uh, This morning, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Derek Chauvin's first day in court, what happened to his bail, and what happened to his bail shouldn't really surprise anybody. Uh, We're also going to talk about, um, a little bit about, I'm getting it, um, the World Health Organization basically throws a wrench into everything that we we, we had been told about the coronavirus and people who are asymptomatic. Um, and you got to wonder why they're saying this now. But we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that, and we're also gonna talk about um, the killer of David Dorn. Uh, hopefully, they have they've arrested they have arrested somebody in the the murder of David Dorn. So, And then, of course, my friend uh, Tim Bryce will be with us with Bryce is Right. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. It's been lean times, folks, but the fat times are coming. Have hope. Like my friend says, keep the faith. We'll be back right after these messages. <laughs> Hey y'all, um, I wanted to do something special. Um, last week, there were riots here in um, here in Tampa, not far from where I live, and uh, actually minutes from where I live. And there's a business, a shoe business, a place called Shoe Mountain, um, in a place where the Payless Shoe Source used to be. Uh, not far from again not far from where I live and, and and actually just um seconds from where my wife used to work they were vandalized and robbed and it hurts my heart because this is what exactly what our community doesn't need we don't need a a uh, a a locally owned black business to be looted and um and and vandalized but the folks at Shoe Mountain are resilient, and they are faith-filled, and they and uh, they just got back to work. They just got back to work, putting the store together. And uh, so today, I went and um, got a pair, a new pair of kicks. Remember, remember, used to say that. Am I am I old? Just saying, kicks, new pair of kicks. And um, they were great. If you want to know where they are, they're at 2329 East Hillsborough Avenue in Tampa, Florida, 33610. Um, Their phone number is 813-977-7592. Um, you, can, you can find them um, on the internet at uh, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at shoe underscore mountain. Their website is www.shoemountaintampa.com. Shoe Mountain Tampa. Tampa.com. All right, we're back. We're back. Thank you ever so much for spending some time with us. Uh, my name again, my name is William Lawson. I am the CEO, um, janitor, chief bottle bottle washer of fightbackmedia.com. Fightbackmedia.com if you haven't been to the web, new website, go to the new website. It really hurts my feelings if you haven't gone. You really kind of hurt my feelings. I worked my ass off on that site. Um, it's so much better than used to. I mean, than it used to be. It is so much better. Uh, you're going to go and go. Ooh, well, he we really got professionals. No, I didn't. I just got professional. Um, <laughs> and uh, you want to check it out. You really, really do. All right. Um, a great a great piece of information um today that I have to share with you is that unfortunately a lot of us saw um, ex police officer retired police officer David Dorn from st. Louis bleed out on the city street with his phone in his hand life seeping away from his body um One of those things and what and, and what we knew is that there'd be no hashtags on on Twitter, there'd be no protests and there'd be no justice for David Dorn anywhere unless we did it ourselves and we did. If there's good news, the um, the person who um, there, there, there's there been an arrest in that murder. Charges have been filed against a 24-year-old man who police believe fatally shot the retired St. Louis Police C- Captain David Dorn, 77 years old, on the sidewalk outside Lee's Pond and Jewelry early Tuesday morning, last Tuesday morning. Um, Stephen Cannon, 24, of Glasgow Village, has been charged with first-degree murder and is being held without bond. As downtown St. Louis descended into violence and chaos Monday night into Tuesday morning, Dorn, also a retired municipal police chief, attempted to protect the pawn shop from looting. He was shot multiple times, and his killing was broadcast, live, broadcast on Facebook Live. Oh, my lord. According to the police probable cause statement, Cannon was seen on surveillance footage pull, pulling up and entering the store with others and then stealing several televisions. Once Dorn arrived at the store, Cannon walked towards the street corner with a gun in his hand. After Dorn fell to the ground, Cannon approached the entrance to the store according to the the police statement. A witness told police that someone told everyone in the store they could leave, and looters fled from the back entrance. A stolen television was later found where Cannon was arrested. He admitted to police that he changed his hair and appearance once he saw the images, uh, his image being distributed to the public. So, the the uh, the CCTV uh, CCTV footage got distributed, and um, so he he changed up. Uh, Mr. Dorn retired from the Saint Louis Police Department in 2007 after 38 years on the job. He rose from the rookie patrol officer in 1969 to captain. He was the deputy commander of the Bureau of Patrol Support, which oversees traffic and amount of patrols, commercial vehicles, and the tactical unit. And when he retired, Dorn became the police chief in Moline Acres. This is... I don't know, this part of it is, is hard for me. It's so terrible and so senseless. And will be intentionally ignored by media, uh, intentionally ignored by um, the mainstream mainstream media, intentionally uh, uh, ignored by all the hashtag Black Lives Matter. Intentionally ignored, and that bothers me. But we won't ignore it. We won't ignore it here. Rest in rest in peace, Mr. Dorn. Our, our prayers here at fightbackmedia.com and the morning report go out to Mr. Dorn's family and his friends and all the people who who he touched in his time as a police officer and a police chief. Thank you again for your service, sir. Rest well. You deserve it. All right, now on the other spectrum of cops is, De- is Derek Chauvin. The cop who kept his knee pressed against George Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes before uh, Mr. Floyd died, he he appeared in court for the first time since being since um, being arrested. Uh, he he appeared in the Hepburn County Court via video conference from prison. At the conclusion, I mean, because there's no way that they can transport this guy right now. At the conclusion of this short 15-minute hearing, Circuit Circuit Court Judge um, Denise Redding. Increased his bail from one million to 1.25 million, 1250000 dollars, and a number of conditions. He can, of course, have no contact with the Floyd family. He can't work any law enforcement or security jobs. He can't pos- he can't possess firearms, ammunition, and must surrender permits, licenses. He must waive extradition. He can't leave the state without permission. Plus. Now that's if he gets bailed out. But how bail normally works is that you, have, if if a bail bondsman will take your, take your, um, your deal, they don't have to. A lot of people are in jail because they couldn't afford their bail. It's ten. It's ten percent. Normally, you have to be able to put up ten percent of your bail, to your bail bondsman. Which means that, that Mr. Chauvin, Officer Chauvin, would have to put up over $100,000. Nick, a lot of people will mortgage their homes and, and the like. Uh, my guess is that he's probably going to spend the rest of the, the time before trial in jail. That's probably the safest place for him to be. Um, the video of Chauvin and three other officers subduing of Floyd, uh, a 46-year-old black man. And ultimately killing him. Since shockwaves across the country, initially all four officers were fired, and Chavin was arrested and charged with third-degree murder. After some some severe backlash, including rounds of violent um, rioting, prosecutors increased the charge to second-degree murder, and the other three were charged with aiding and abetting second-degree second degree murder. They were granted bail. They were granted bail last week. Um, so we'll see. Several more lives have been taken. In the riots over, over, you know, what over the country, in addition to those demonstra- uh, demonstrations, have come a new movement to defund or even abolish abolish the, the police. Now, we talked about yesterday that the there is a veto-proof majority of the Minneapolis City Council that are hell bent and directed to defunding um, and dismantling by budgetary means the Minneapolis Police Department. Now, what I thought is this, and and please, please send me an email wls860 at gmail.com. That's wls860 at gmail.com. And answer me this, answer me this, Batman. Would you go, would you travel to a city, a major metropolitan city? Minneapolis is the 16th largest metro in the country. Knowing that there was no police department knowing that there was nobody there to maintain law and order. Would you go? Would you travel there? Would you Would you have a convention there? Would you have a major sporting event there? If you knew that you had to bring your own security, and that security wouldn't have any, any law backing them up. Would you? These people are... are they're, they're not only trying to get rid of the police department, they're trying to destroy the city. They're trying to destroy the, this city. And other cities, like Los Angeles, who have decided to cut back on funding from from the police department, the same thing in New York, what they're doing is destroying these cities. They're destroying these cities. You know, as long as my city doesn't get crazy, um, we're going to benefit from all, all the conventions and all the gatherings that that people won't go to in some of these major cities because they will be deemed as, and correctly so, as not safe. It's insane. It's absolutely, positively insane. Uh, the Minneapolis City Council voted to disband the uh, Minneapolis Police Department over the weekend, with the council uh, president even telling CNN that she hopes for a, a quote, police-free future. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, who does not support the abolishing abolish of the police department, was raucously booed out of a rally ra- on Sunday, on last Sunday. Uh, it's insane. It's insane. And if you think all this has to do with with George Floyd, you're an idiot How about that. Next time, um, Chauvin's going to be in court will be on the 29th of this month. And we'll be there. Let you know what's going on. All right, we'll take a little break. We'll be back with more of the Morning Report uh, here on Tuesday, June 9th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. We'll be back right after these messages. Hi, this is. You can have access to a growing nationwide network of attorneys and legal experts. You can get bail assistance. Um, The network provides up to $25,000 to post bail on behalf of a member who has used force in self-defense. The fee deposit to your attorney immediately after a self-defense for representation during questioning, and other vital defense services. You can reach us at ARM Citizens Legal Defense Network. Our n- number is three six zero nine seven eight fifty two hundred. 5200 That's 360-978-5200. Or go to www.armedcitizensnetwork.org. And now it's time for Bryce is right. Tim Bryce is an author, freelance writer, and the managing editor of m jb Investment Company of Palm Harbor, Florida. Tim has over 40 years of covering Florida politics and national politics. It is a pleasure to have Bryce is right as a segment on Fightback Media. And now Bryce is right. This is Tim Brice with my column
2: titled, Understanding the Insurrection Act of 1807. Following the recent destruction of American cities by rioters, looters, and thugs, President Trump threatened to invoke the Insurrection Act of 1807, empowering him to deploy U.S. military and federalized National Guard troops within the United States to suppress civil disorder, insurrection, and rebellion. The act has been invoked several times over the years by U.S. presidents, primarily when requested by a governor or state legislature. However, the president does have the authority to invoke it on his own. This, too, has been done several times over the years. For example, it was used in 1871 by President Ulysses S. Grant to suppress the Ku Klux Klan in South Carolina. And in 1872 in New Orleans, following the unrest resulting from a tainted gubernatorial election— In 1957, President Dwight Eisenhower used it to protect the Little Rock Nine. African Americans enrolled in Little Rock Central High School. Likewise, President John Kennedy invoked the act in 1962 to suppress segregationist riots at Ole Miss and 1963 to enforce desegregation orders on Alabama public schools. One of the more interesting uses of federal troops against a local populace was in the New York City draft riots of 1863. This was triggered by the Enrollment Act of March 3, 1863, the first draft to be enforced in the United States. The Confederacy had already implemented the draft a year earlier. The draft was not well received in most northern cities, New York in particular. Here, poor Irishmen, unable to raise the $300 with which to buy their freedom, virtually controlled the streets. This resulted in bloody riots between July 13th and the 17th, where they burned, pillaged, and killed to the cry, it's a rich man's war, but a poor man's fight. Second term New York Governor Horatio Seymour ultimately gave in to brute force. Addressing a crowd of hoodlums before City Hall, he promised to get the draft repealed if only the lawlessness would stop. His plea accomplished nothing. For two more days, the mobs controlled the city. Then troops arrived fresh from the Gettysburg battlefield and restored order. Following this, the officials in Washington drafted only 2,300 people from New York City, hardly more than had been injured or slain on the streets. As an aside, because Union troops had to be called in from Gettysburg to suppress the New York riots, the North missed a golden opportunity to chase and finally destroy Lee's Army of Northern Virginia, thereby extending the war. Like today, the New York governor opted to play politics as opposed to addressing the problem through law and order. As governor of one of the largest states in the Union and being a Democrat, Seymour was one of Lincoln's major opponents. His handling of the draft, though, and the resulting riots ultimately led to his downfall as well as his party. Later in 1863, Republicans swept the midterm elections, winning all of the major offices and taking control of the state assembly. And finally, in 1864, Seymour was voted out of office and replaced by a Republican. The parallel to today is uncanny, particularly as Democrat governors spurn President Trump's offer to assist them as their cities burn. In 1863, Governor Seymour was worried about being too harsh on the rebellious Irish as he perceived them as voters for his party. However, the people stepped forward and basically told Seymour, enough is enough. History has an interesting way of repeating itself. Friends, keep the faith. There's Tim Bryce in Palm Harbor, Florida. Follow me on the internet at timbryce.com.
1: Wow, that's you know Tim's always good. Uh, Tim's Tim's always um, bringing a, a a fresh approach to what we're I mean what, what we're dealing with, and it is kind of amazing that. Um, History is kind of repeating itself, isn't it? It's kind of repeating itself, um, and I think that we and that we will probably have similar results. That's just my guess. It's just one man's guess. Um, let's see here. Uh, the Who. I wish I was talking about the band. Has sort of thrown a, a, a wrench into the Getty up. Of, of, coronavirus, uh, uh, of, of the coronavirus lockdown, and the coronavirus pandemic, and uh, the coronavirus panic porn. For months, we have heard about how asymptomatic people, particularly young, school-age people, are unknowingly spreading the Wuhan coronavirus to vulnerable people, including the elderly and those with pre-existing conditions. I personally am heading back to um, to work at uh, the local theme park in my area, and one of the things that we have to have is what I have right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk through it for a second so you can understand what I've got. Um, I got. I wanna talk through it because it's a mask. I can't imagine that I'm gonna sound like this all day tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, yeah, let's do this. Okay. Yes, sir. I will get right on it. Yeah, that's what I'm going to sound like. It's going to muzzle this beautiful voice. Can you imagine? What a terrible thing. Anyway, so I have it. Because I, I, I needed to work it. Um, the World Health Organization on 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 Monday, yesterday, said this. Asymptomatic people spreading the disease is actually, quote, very rare, end quote. Now, you got to wonder why they said this. This is their explanation. From the data we have, it still seems to be rare that an asymptomatic person actually transmits onward to a secondary individual, Dr. Maria Van um, Kerkhove, head of WHO's Emerging Diseases and Zoonosis Unit, said, I'm in a press conference, it's very rare. Originally, the World Health Organization and the White House Coronavirus Task Force said that otherwise healthy people could contract the Wuhan coronavirus and pass it on to others without knowing it because they lack any symptoms. CNBC reported the asymptomatic spread was the very reason most of the nation went on lockdown and the social distancing was heavily emphasized. And in a lot of places, the social distancing is still being heavily emphasized. Here in Florida... Uh, the governor has put us into something that he calls phase two. And phase two, of course, will allow the theme parks to open, but but Disney and, and um, SeaWorld Entertainment and Universal all had to have plans to check people's temperature and do their best to keep people six feet away, at least six feet away from each other in some sort of social distancing thing. So according to... Um, Van, Van Kerkhoff. Uh, government officials are better off spending their time finding those who are infected and conducting contact tracing. We have a number of reports from countries who are doing very detailed contact tracing, she explained. They're following asymptomatic cases. They're following contacts. They're not finding secondary transmissions onward. It's very rare. So the countries that are that are doing this contact tracing are finding that Someone who's asymptomatic spreading it to somebody else is just for the most part not happening. Something is going on with the World Health Organization. They keep changing their tune. Just a couple of days ago, they said masks are no longer necessary in public. That was a little more than a week after saying masks should always be worn. Why would anyone, why, why should anyone believe what the World Health Organization says? especially when it comes down to the Wuhan coronavirus. They have been all over the place on this virus. Remember back in December, Taiwan made every effort to alert the World Health Organization to the coronavirus outbreak as evidenced by the release of an email. They, they, they yelled and screamed and jumped up and down. But in late January, um, the WHO parroted the Chinese Communist Party's talking points, particularly that the Wuhan coronavirus was not transmitted to human to human when we found out that, of course, it was. It was revealed that China waited six days to alert the world to the virus that was ravaging Wuhan. Not only that, but Chinese President Xi, um, Xi Jinping personally asked Tedros to, to delay publishing the vital information about the Wuhan coronavirus. Specifically, she um, wanted the WHO to not tell the world that the coronavirus was transmitted from person to person. The World Health Organization wanted to be taken, if the World Health Organization wants to be taken seriously, they would have been upfront and honest from the beginning instead of protecting China. They wouldn't do this continual flip-flopping. You have to wonder why now we shouldn't be afraid of asymptomatic people. Is it because of the protesting that's happening happening around the world right now? Uh, that frankly, none of it has anything to do with George Floyd. And if you still believe that that you know these these protest marches in um, Italy have anything to do with George Floyd in America, you are a, you're an idiot. Is what you are. Well, I got my mask. I'm gonna wear it to work tomorrow. I'm gonna get my temperature taken, and um, I'm gonna tell people. And you should tell people exactly what I just told you. Well, anyway, I got to get out of here and make for somebody else. Uh, so until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody. And for goodness sakes, y'all take care uh, of yourself. I'll see you when we see you. Bye-bye now.
0: After my heart attack. Cash from active care meant I had choices. When I had cancer,